You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded as we continue. Our, our look at the Atlantic Division, it, it's still, uh, it's always weird to call it the Atlantic Division because I don't consider Montreal uh, to be very Atlantic, uh, nor do I consider the team that we're talking about today, the Buffalo Sabres, to be very Atlantic, uh, but but here we are. Um, joining me today from Expected Buffalo is Anthony Chandra. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing well, Jared. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing this, and I guess... It's always fun when we do this because you know you have a you have a preconceived notion of of how you think the fan base you're you're mm. about to speak to is doing. Um, so so I always started off by asking, are, are Buffalo Sabres fans as optimistic as as outsiders are for the season, or there, is there like a perpetual dread? Uh, well, it's a fans? mixed bag. It's a mixed <laughs> bag, right? So you have fans who are like, you know, it's it's this team's got the vibes, right? They're young. They're they're all very like likable personalities, right? Um, it just feels like a team that should succeed, right? Just like in your gut. But I mean, I think myself personally, and a lot of people uh, in the analytics community are more cautiously optimistic where, and this is not necessarily a Sabres problem because this is a league wide thing. The off season was very uneventful. And while the Sabres did add Connor Clifton, which is a great add on defense, and and Eric Johnson, who best days are behind him, but like good veteran body, right, on that blue line, they didn't do much else, right? And they didn't add a goaltender, which, I mean, you're putting all your eggs in the De- Devon Levi basket. I just said Devon. Hilarious. Devon Levi basket. <laughs> um, and, like, that's... It's, I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's never played more than I think it's like 40 games in a given season. So like, that's a lot of responsibility to put on a young man. Right. And your backup, uh, you know, in Uka Pekalukunen and or uh, Eric Comrie are at best inconsistent. Right. And Comrie had a lot of injuries last year, so maybe healthy. He could be better. But I, I just it's tough to go through that offseason, not add a goaltender. And you surprisingly lose probably God, one of your top two, maybe three wingers on the team and Jack Quinn, you've lost him for the first 30 to 40 games because of his offseason Achilles surgery. So um, I don't know that it's enough to get them over the hump. We'll see. Uh, Devin Levi, if he's great and and as advertised, right, then I think they can do it with relative ease. Um, if he has growing pains and there's uncertainty in net, you might see a very similar Sabres performance to last year where they're darn close, but just kind of outside. Yeah, and I think a lot of the struggles are are, are just within the division itself. It, it, it depends, and you know, I could lump Ottawa and Detroit into this as well. If mm-hmm. you're expecting them to make the jump, you need one of the other teams to kind of fall back a little. And right, and 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 I think last year going into the season, everyone was like, "Oh, maybe it's Florida," and then they mm. they go all the way to the to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, and and it's just it, it's it's one of those things where it's. It, it, you know which team is going to step back now and and which of these teams is going to because it's not only enough to improve you need to improve more than you know some of the other teams around and and i guess that that goes to my next question is, is they're really just betting on 
how good are these young players that we've put into place? And and is this the year they're going to take that that big step? And and looking at their roster, I mean, there's lots of reasons to believe that. I mean, the defense, uh, you know, just with Owen Power and, and Rasmus Dalin, uh, after he had a, a great season, um, you know, probably his breakout year last year. And mm-hmm. so so what are the the, the key? Who, who needs to have a good season? Like if, if the Buffalo Sabres are, are in that playoff picture in April who's who steps up other than Devin that Devin Levi because I think that's the obvious one um, yeah, he's answer one a b and c yeah, to this yeah. question <laughs> obviously the goaltending and you can say that for any team in the league their goaltending has to be good to be in the playoff race um unless mm-hmm. you're a team like Edmonton or, or Toronto I would say um you know because they can get into that with just with their scoring alone but who, who needs to step up who needs to have that kind of breakout year um, I'm not going to say Alatage Thompson because that's that's a big that's a big breakout. That's, that's, that's <laughs> but, a lofty campaign. But, but yeah. who who needs to have that step up and and really take that step forward this season? Well, I'll say this: the Sabers forward group uh, has a distinct lack of defensively capable forwards. Right outside of their de facto fourth line, uh, stalwarts and Zemgus Gergetsons and Kyle Oposo, who are are both very strong defensively. Dylan Cousins is decent. He's getting better at it. He improved greatly at it last year, and he's their, you know, de facto second-line center, and he'll do a good job there. But still in all, the Sabres are a run-and-gun team. A player who I feel displayed outstanding improvement last year defensively but did not take any strides offensively was Peyton Krebs. If Peyton Krebs can become a two-way threat, I think the Sabres become much more dangerous because he gives you a little bit of positional flexibility. You can move him up and down the lineup because right now he's he's kind of stable to that fourth line between Gergensen's and Oposo. And I mean they're they're great players and they're they're rush players, right? And they're they're interesting, really good defensively. They get a completely disproportionate amount of offensive or defensive zone starts. Like man, I forget what the exact metric was last year, but at points in their Sabres tenure, they were close to like 80% defensive zone start rate, which is crazy, right? So if Krebs is going to be that lockdown center, I mean, that's nice, but if he can become a two-way force, similar to what Cousins became last year, Cousins was almost the antithesis where the offense was always there. It was just a lack of finishing and a lack of defense, right? Well, he put that all together last season and Dylan Cousins was uh, phenomenal, Um so I think if not for if for Tage Thompson, you know, that uh, Dylan Cousins would would have had a, a great deal of spotlight. So um, if Krebs can take a similar developmental leap, I believe from an individual standpoint, again, outside of Devin Levi, he would give the Sabres the most um, of a boost, I guess, is should he hit his stride. And, and I guess how patient like are our Sabres fans right now? Because uh, I mean, you know, the, the re. It, the there's been multiple rebuilds that I would say I guess um, mm-hmm. m- multiple starts you know start starts and stops um, it, which seem to be kind of studying under under Kevin Adams uh, but but how how patient are they like do do they need to have a big jump this year for the fan base to kind of still buy in or or is there a little bit more of a leash uh, based on on everything that's that's been going on man that's a great question <laughs> I think I think they need to make the playoffs this year. Um, the fan base is as engaged as I've seen it since the last time the Sabres were in the playoffs, which I, I was a freshman in college. So that would have been 2010 um, or maybe 2011. Time is a false construct. Once you go that, 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 That's uh, a long time. 
It's a long time, man. Uh, yeah, it's a long time. And <laughs> this is the most engaged they've been. I mean, maybe you could say the season where they intentionally lost games to secure Jack Eichel and or Connor McDavid or, or <laughs> Connor McDavid, I should say, but that didn't work out. Um, but yeah, they're, I mean, fans are so into it now. And I think it's because it, it just feels like they're right on the cusp. So I don't think you lose the fan base if you miss again this year. I don't think that there's like a mass exodus wherever it goes back to like, you know, you're, you're selling three quarters of the arena every night instead of, you know, sellouts. Um, however, I do feel that, um, man, if you don't do it this year and then next year, all that, all the pressure is on it. Cause like, not only do you have to like make it next year, you have to do some damage then. Like you're, you're, I think your window is now you've got so many guys like Tage and Dylan and, um, you know, Jack Quinn, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner. I mean, you've so many guys in, in either the very precipice of their uh, prime career or, or dead center in it. Right. So uh, I think you've got to capitalize on that talent. I mean, I think they've got a substantial, you know, a pretty substantial competition window once they get there, but, um, like I said, man, I, I really do feel it all comes down to goaltending. And if the Sabres get even average or like a tick above average goaltending this year, I think they'll do some damage. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the, the 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 window, and I and I think what you know what outsiders and I think uh, a lot of Canadians fans look at you know the all the the NHL talent that that Buffalo has, and then you always have. You know Zach Benson and Yuri Kulich mm-hmm. and and Matthew Savoy who who are are kind of in the in the picture but not really in the picture. Um, I would I'm gonna say, tell you what Benson sure. might make the team. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, don't that that's, yeah, that's still a sore that's still a sore subject uh, mm-hmm. among some some people in the Canadians uh, fan base. <laughs> I, I you know a lot of people were looking at at Mitchkov obviously as as the forward, but but Benson was was up there as well um, mm-hmm. and. And yeah, I mean, you know, you look at that that group of, of forwards, and it's just it seems like it's it's almost never ending. Um, I know. And and it, 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 Buffalo's in a spot where they don't even even need all all those players to to kind of hit, right? Mm, and that right. It, it's Certainly kind of not. a it's kind of a crazy thing to say, but I mean, is is that kind of the like the the Jack Eichel trade? Was that kind mm-hmm. of like a a turning point in terms of? relying because there was a lot of pressure on on jack particularly when because he was the kind of the face that rebuild you mentioned the season where mm-hmm. they kind of went all in for for mcdavid and and in that draft year and, and he was kind of the face of that rebuild but it was clear that he couldn't obviously do it himself um and right. then you know the hall you mentioned a bunch of players that were in that trade um mm-hmm. you know in, in terms of krebs and um and, and tuck as well mm-hmm. does, does that kind of ease the pressure on on all of these guys individually because there's so many of them like like what what's kind of the um the, the vibe in terms of the just the, the like it doesn't really just pressure on one particular player i mean they're, right. you know the, the highest paid player on the team is is, is skinner and, and he's jeff skinner and he's not really <laughs> expected to to do much uh in, in kind of a weird way um based on on the way to, the roster is so i mean what what's kind of the the dynamic there with all the young forwards yeah, they, I mean, I think Darlene is probably your like face of the franchise, right? Or Tage, yeah. I mean, one of those two guys, right? Um, but in saying that, I don't think that all of the pressure that was on Jack Eichel rests on any one person's shoulders mm-hmm. in a, any similar fashion now, right? 
I mean, the problem the Sabres had, let, let's let's turn the clocks back a little bit, right? Um, when uh, Tim Murray was in charge is that he tried to immediately make the Sabres competitive after acquiring Eichel, and he traded all of his draft capital for NHL-ready talent, right? So you had Ryan O'Reilly, great trade, great acquisition. Robin Leonard, mm, didn't work out so well. Evander Kane, didn't work out so well, right? And he just kind of puked assets, and, and it just he didn't really build a team. He just, he got a bunch of, names get a bunch of like quote unquote fringe all-stars let's say right but like no depth and he didn't add a single defenseman and it was just it, it wasn't good and Leonard was not he was fine but not good right um so he, he never built a full team and then under Jason Botterill you had the opposite happen where he tried to completely rebuild the Sabres prospect covered but he was terrible at drafting so none of those prospects ever hit um and the Sabres would finish like you know anywhere from seventh to 10th, you know, in, in, in terms of draft choice every year. So you're not getting an elite talent and he kept missing on those picks and it was just no good. Right. So um, now you've got Kevin Adams who similar philosophy to Bowder, like, okay, we're, we're going to start this thing from scratch. We're going to add a lot of youth. I'm going to acquire as many draft picks as possible. And um, uh, you know, we're just going to rebuild this cupboard. Right. And he's done an outstanding job and he just hit after hit after hit. Um, that analytics staff and that scouting staff have done an amazing job of of kind of procuring young talent um, and, and just getting steel. I mean, Yuri Kulik, I mean, shoot, was he the last pick of the first round? I mean, that that's an Close amazing value, yeah. man. Um, yeah, he was, he was toward the end, right? I mean, Zach Benson kind of fell in their lap, so I don't know how much credit I want to give him there. He was easy, <laughs> far and away, obvious pick, but... Um, but yeah, it's just really, really, um, you know, excellent on that. And then obviously you get Owen Power, which is a huge help. So now you have two elite caliber defensemen on that back end. Um, one of the things I wish Adams would have done a little better to this point is add some more competent defensive depth because um, I think if Henry Yokiharu is, is in your top six, you have a problem. Uh, but that's a discussion for another time, maybe. <laughs> but um yeah, I think his is maybe just a little more defensive depth, and and I I think he's taking a significant risk that is going to be a huge boom or bust idea here in in making Devin Levi your 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 one A starter. Um, we'll see how it works out, but again, I think his the the whole the whole vibe kind of rests on his shoulder. You want to talk about a guy who's got the most pressure on him or Eichel like pressure? It's got to be Levi. Yeah, and how, I mean, how does that trade? Like, he he's kind of come a little bit out of I don't I don't I guess out of nowhere a little bit. I mean, he, you know, he's seventh round pick with Florida, seventh round pick, yeah, yeah, and, and then you know he was the the centerpiece of that Reinhardt trade, but at, mm. at the time he wasn't seen as uh, the the no. kind of the the future starter. I, I think that a lot of people saw the trade and they're like, well, there's already looking in there what's what's you know who's the goalie of the future so i mean how has that trade aged in terms of savers fans i mean when when did it kind of when when did it kind of flip and be like oh wait devin levi is really really good um and and kind of you kind of forget who he was traded for in in sam reinhardt um obviously if you don't you know if you ignore the the sonica final i guess um but but i mean in terms of you know the how that trade aged because at the time it was kind of seen as okay i think probably the pick was probably more important to in, in that trade at mm-hmm. the time right 
than than Levi was. For sure, for sure. And and it's funny, you know, I'm a huge Sam Reinhardt fan. Um, so I was very much rooting for him to stay and and be part of the quote unquote rebuild, right? Hoping he would stick stick out another couple of years and and be part of the solution. Um, so I don't know that that anything beyond an obscene return would have made me happy, right? Because I again I thought he was one of the more underrated players in the league at the time of that trade, though. And I forget what the other deal was, but it, shoot, it might have been Pierre-Luc Dubois, but I, my memory's hazy on it. But a similarly talented, right, centerman was traded uh, that same offseason, and it was a similar return, right? First-round pick and kind of a, like, unknown prospect or, like, a B prospect, right? So the first-round pick, yeah, obviously was the prize, right? And I think for the most part, Sabres fans were like, uh, okay, fine, this is acceptable. Um it wasn't so much like Devin Levi, that sucks. It was more just like eh, first and a guy I've never heard of. Like, you know, okay. I was hoping for more for, you know, a guy who spent the season as my number one center with Eichel out, but like, all right, fine. Um, <laughs> but as you said, now, uh, now the trade is viewed very differently where, you know, again, the Levi has a lot to prove, but shoot to this point, he's panned out about as well as you can ever hope a goalie prospect would pan out uh, early in their development. So, uh, yeah he's uh he went from seven and he was only a year removed from being drafted in the seventh round it wasn't like this dude had you know he w- was a um you know let's say i forget the i don't know the term to use but basically uh you know he was he was already known as a guy who was outplaying his draft pedigree that wasn't right. the case he was just like an unknown right and he has worked out like marvelously for them so um yeah i, I think that trade is viewed very differently uh today than it was the day of yeah, it, it's a lot similar to to when the Canadians traded Max Pacioretty, I think, because um, you know they they had almost no leverage in that trade at all, mm. and then you end up getting you know Nick Suzuki, and a lot of people were like, oh, it should have gotten Cody Glass instead, and then mm. they they get a pick and they get you know Thomas Tatar, who is a, a kind of a throw in, uh, you know, essentially, right. uh, and and it ends up being a lot better than than it appeared at the time. Um, just because of of one player uh, in it, and and it kind of flips the, the the script a little bit. And how much more confident are is are people in Levi because of the the late season push? And do you think that that you, you mentioned they didn't go after a goalie? Do you think that that late season, um, obviously that late season appearance played a factor in in knowing that you okay, well, this is the guy we can count on as 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 a number as as at least a one A going into going into the season right well i have it so just hashtag insider but i have someone like, <laughs> on pretty good authority um that the sabers did tr- try to obtain certain goalies right uh, on mm-hmm. the market um the thing is none of them none of the ones they had had targeted at the beginning of the offseason had been dealt yet so the market was not as um let's say fluid right as as maybe they anticipated so you had to look at, okay, do I want to lower my standards to someone like, for instance, Casey DeSmith, right? Do I want to go that route or would <laughs> I rather just roll up, you know, or would I rather just see if, if Lucanen and Comrie, one of them can separate themselves in camp and, you know, maybe outperform what they did last year. Obviously the Sabres have elected to go with the latter. Um, and then the first part of your question, do I think part of the hype is how he came in last year? I mean, yes. I mean, the Sabres had to win, God, I think it was something like at minimum five of their last, six games or something right to to even have a prayer at the playoffs and um levi came in and played like he had five starts in a row and like lost the fifth one to the islanders who have just punished the sabers with boring hockey and just dragged them into the mud for years on end but um 
I mean, he was outstanding to start. I mean, he was just stealing the show, right? And and it was, you know, in conjunction with he had just come off like a .938 save percentage season at Northeastern. So, um, yeah, I think that from a fan perspective, yeah, that's absolutely part of the hype because the kid didn't skip a beat transitioning to the NHL. I mean, he was amazing in college and kept right on being amazing. And, you know, he's got these funny little quirks, like he does the meditation at, at the blue air, you know, between the face-off dots at, during TV timeouts. And he's, he's kind of a weirdo, like, you know, you're, you're the best goalies are. And, uh, yeah, he, he's an alluring character and, and he's talented. So again, my concern is more about like mid to late season fatigue more than anything. It's not that I think he's going to implode and be like a 0.88% save percentage guy this year. That's not the case. I just worry that you're taking a guy who at most this is his maximum games played in a season right now. Is, I think it's like 40 or 41, right? That's not a 1A starter workload in the NHL. <laughs> I mean, this is a long season. If they make the playoffs, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's a yeah. long ride, man. And if you're pushing toward the end, he's probably starting every game, you know? So, he, shoot, if you're asking him to play 55 to 60 games, that's a big increase in workload. Uh, and, and I wonder how he would hold up. And maybe he'd continue to shock as, as he has, right? And just keep being himself. And that'd be really great and uh, huge for the Sabres playoff campaign. But, um, you know, I think it's the biggest, <sighs> it's, it, it's the biggest um, pressure point right now, right? Uh, on the Sabres. It's the thing that will go the furthest toward making or breaking them this year. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you don't have to, you know, the Montreal, fan base is, is very familiar with Northeastern um, for, for mm. better or for worse uh, considering uh, their GM and coach and vice president of hockey operations all had sons there at the same time. Uh, oh, that's and, funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the, they basically, I, I don't actually, I, I think Jeff Gordon's son committed to Northeastern after um, Kent Hughes' son already left and transferred out. Um, but, but, if, but yeah, the, it's it's a very small world, and and they they recently signed two players uh, from Northeastern uh, that they were prospects, and there are rumors mm. that they weren't going to sign if the they didn't change GMs, and then they and did sign. So yeah, North, mm. Northeastern is it's a it's a very um, active <laughs> uh, the the whole Boston University. Uh, I, I think the Canadians have signed like six players from from that group so this is really funny and it and it, it adds context to something so there was a an outlet a canadian's outlet right who just incessantly was posting out um these articles about why the canadians would be a good idea to pursue devin levi like after he had just done what he don't savers and savers were losing their marbles over it like why would you ever think he'd be available and like it, it was just it was a thing for like a week on Sabres Twitter. Like everyone just getting enraged at these like clickbait articles about Devin Levi going to Montreal. And now there's like a di- added context there. Like, okay, I see like, yeah, God on like a super flyover cursory level. Why that person made that really feeble, like grasp at straws, but I get it now. <laughs> well, th- there was even a, a more feeble grasp of thoughts that he'd go to free agency and Montreal would sign him then. Um, Hilarious. And, and so, um, I think there was at one point, uh, not last off season, but the one before. So, so going into last season, um, Jaden Struble was at a concert in 
in Montreal and, and Devin Levi was there obviously because he's he's from mm-hmm. here uh and they played together at, at Northeastern and and so everyone's like oh he yeah I think he still listens to, to the Canadians Coldplay intro music before every game that he plays mm-hmm. um one of his other quirks and and so yeah I mean it, it you know I I he it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's a local player plus mm-hmm. uh random connections equals um Plus a, a need for a long-term option at goalie sure. uh, in Montreal. And yeah, it's, there, there are definitely a portion of the fan base that I was maybe like, not, not expecting it, but, but, you know, maybe wishing, hopefully maybe. Sure. Um, and, and then, you know, once he signed that, you know, obviously the realism of that scenario kind of went away. I think that was, I think that was the, the point though. He had already right, signed exactly. and like, yeah. already like played. He already NHL played games. well and, right. and established himself. But yeah, sure. Buffalo is just going to trade like, him to why on earth. Like, I, I'm like, I can't, I can't even fathom what Montreal would have to trade them for this to get happen, man. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it probably wasn't Casey to Smith, um, to, to, to tie a ball no, on that one. No. But, um, but it's going to be interesting because obviously, um, Montreal has, has a goalie situation, uh, where another Northeastern grad, Caden Primo, um, is either the third goalie or needs waivers. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of also what's part of Montreal's, um, you know, questions about goaltending as well is that there, there's, he was the long term option and, and is not really proven to be that yet. Right. Um, you about the, man. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those crazy, um, you know, Goaltending is is voodoo though, and and, and that's that was kind voodoo. of that, that's that's what I was kind of kind of say before we we got on on the tangent was just the the good news is that you know you can you know th- there is a chance that Eric Comrie or or, or Lukanen end up having um a, a great season as a as a kind of a one B, and, and you don't have to Comrie worry about the game. Over ninety two percent of his shots yeah. faced when the Sabers signed him the year before the Sabers signed yeah. him. I'm like, yeah, and then he became, then he was point eight eight something here, and it was like, oh god, what a huge, <laughs> you know, fallback in performance. Um, but yeah, Lukanen like like Primo right was supposed to be that guy. And he was highly hyped a couple of years ago, but man, his NHL minutes have been oof. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to describe like, Keaton Primo's NHL but, minutes too. Yeah, right. But Sabres fans like to remind people of this, and and it's not a bad option. You know, it's not a bad example. Maybe a little bit anecdotal, but like there are other examples of it. Ryan Miller, one of like may probably the most, the second most rather prolific goalie in Sabres history behind Hashik. Uh, dude did not become the Sabres starter until he was like 27 years old. <laughs> he did not come out of the box, like fresh off the Hobie Baker and just take over the Sabres job. Like that's not how it worked, right? He hit his prime late and goalies do that sometimes. So who knows? Primo, Lukanen, any of these guys, Vlad- Vladar, right? Any of these kind of mediocre, younger goalies could hit that stride anytime. Just they're random, they're voodoo, like you said. And yeah, who knows? Toughest position to analyze. Yeah, definitely, and 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 it's it's one of those things that it, it can definitely turn around. I think that's why it makes Levi's start so notable um, mm-hmm, as well, right? Exactly. So, um, is that goalies can take a long time, and you know, it's not like he was a highly touted prospect either, right? I mean, no, he's not know, like Harry Price, who right? age eighteen, like he's the second coming, right? Right, it's, and it's who also struggled thing. a lot, right? I mean, right. Um, you know, back in his first playoff run. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's, you know, there's highly touted goalies that take, you know, years to develop and he just walks in and (laughs) kind of goes on that run. And, 
Um, and yeah, I, I think that they'll be probably quick to to pull the trigger if it turns out that he's not as dependable. Um, mm. You know, just 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 because it's a roller coaster, right? So if it's on a if, if he's on a, a kind of a, a valley um, instead of a peak. Um, I think they'll be quick to kind of pull that trigger because like you said, they, the, the playoff race is, is probably the expectation um, mm-hmm. at, the, at a minimum to play important games in April, right? Yeah, one thing that wouldn't surprise me, especially because he'd be a rental, I think. I'm like 90% sure he'd be a rental. Um, is if they hit the deadline and the goaltending's not there, but they're still like within, you know, either barely grasping onto a spot or within striking distance. I wouldn't be surprised to see them just try and add Hellbuck see what the yeah. market is there. You know what I mean? Just like, There's right, lots of noise around that through. as well, right? Like when, when people are talking about the Hellebuck trade, Buffalo is the one that comes up. Oh, for sure. So. They come up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it'll, it'll, be, be it'll be, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. And, um, you know, Buffalo is, you know, a few years ahead of, of yeah. the rebuild. So it's kind of a path that Montreal wants to take. And um, I, I think, you know, they're, they're one of the teams that that's going to be around for a while. Um, yeah. You got to hit those draft picks, man. Tell the yeah. Sabres to start, just keep hitting draft picks. Exactly. And, and there's, and, it, and it's starting the, the young underperforming forward whisperer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they did it with Kirby doc. They, they might try, they mm-hmm. tried again with Alex Newhook. We'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously in that draft area that, that, um, that Peyton Krebs was taken as well from, from Vegas as well. And that, right. that range with, with Caulfield, uh anthony uh thank you so much for for taking the time uh have a good oh my season God, absolutely you and as well. uh and uh we'll, we'll we'll have to have you on again uh at some point uh to talk about the the savers as well absolutely i mean hey listen hopefully montreal overperforms and the next time we talk we're talking about who's us duking it out for the last spot yeah or, or maybe even it's a playoff wishful, preview right? maybe even a playoff preview at one point but that'd be fun sounds awesome <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> have Jared, a great talk to you about it yep you as well Thanks.